0: Hi, my beautiful people. This is Bimi Shavery and I'm here with your daily dose of energy. And I'm still speaking a lot about relationships, but in a way that allows you to understand the dynamics at hand when it comes to interpersonal relationships, how it affects your relationship with others, how it affects your relationship with the things that you choose to do and believe in and and experience in life, but in general, how being, how, how relationships affect so many different parts of our life and when it comes to different elements of them we are I'm recording this in the midst of cancerian season we are fresh um with the new moon on the day of the new moon in cancer so regardless to when you hear this episode though um it's suitable for everybody to understand the dynamics of individuality and in how it shows up in your relationships and how different aspects of your life affect your relationships okay i felt as though cantery season was the best time i just had this urging to record these type of episodes for you you guys because when i started the podcast of course It was geared towards pouring into guys and men and and loving on them and giving them a little bit of tough love, but pouring into them, getting them to understand the dynamics that they play in everything and walking in their inner power. And along those those lines, when I created the podcast, I also created a big part of people understanding uh, what it really meant. To be who you are in all aspects, not just the parts that you're comfortable with, not just the parts that appear to be obvious, but the parts of you that you run from, the parts of you that are subconscious, the parts of you that you have not quite identified with. And so... I felt as though it was necessary in the midst of this season to give you guys a bit of a refresher when it comes to, and for those of you who are new listening here, this is your first time hearing me discuss these things. This is what adds to the dynamics in which I speak on, on the episodes. It's a culmination of ways and understandings of life and individuals in general that I'm able to be the vessel that I am to pour into each and every one of you and things that I apply to not only my life, but into those that I coach on a personal level, as well as those that I coach when it comes to um, the energy sessions that I do for everyone who reaches out to me. Right. So it's a way of life for me. It's just how I am. It's just it's just knowing the knowledge, the inner understanding and applying it to the the aspects that are external to us. So today we're going to speak about on this particular episode, we're going to speak about dynamics when it comes to your attachment type and also attachment styles. Okay. This particular episode, I'm going to focus on the attachment type because it's, it's, even though it's only depending on which system you use, there are four attachment types. Um, There are also personality types. There are also, there's just a lot of different ways, love language. There's just a lot of different things to take in account. And I'll do episodes on each of the ones I feel are significant to the dynamics of an individual in regards to partnerships. But today we're going to speak about this particular episode. We're going to speak about attachment Types, Okay, and it's going to give you a bigger understanding on what it is that allows you to connect versus attach and also the difference between the two and also how these things and these subconscious ways of existing and behaving have contributed to either the flourishing of a relationship or the downward spiral of one. Now, Again, it doesn't matter the dynamics of the relationship when it comes to gender or what you identify as. That is not what I speak about when it comes to anything I speak about. I'm speaking about foundational core um, elements, right? So whomever, however you identify is a personal decision, but what you take from what I'm stating is based on the energy, right? It's based on the reality, the psychological aspects, the behavior patterns. This is something that is universal. It doesn't matter what you identify with gender wise or sexual orientation wise. None of that matters. This is about the psychological behaviors that are creating this type of reaction or this dependency upon something, okay, in your life. Now, even though I'm speaking regarding relationships, because I feel like it's a we're in cancer season. That is what it's about. Is about helping you to identify your interpersonal relationship, but also the personal relationship you have in your life in general with the people that you are intimately connected to. Um, this also can apply to any part of your life. Attachment styles and attachment types are Things that show up in a multitude of ways. It shows up in how you interact with your friendships. It shows up in how you interact in your jobs, in your career, in your social circles, in your behavior, when it comes to your relationship with food, when it comes to health and wellness, everything. So your attachments type and your attachment styles are very significant to the personality that you exude, right? Your character is built um, from these particular experiences that have cultivated this type of personality, this type of trait that you embody. And a lot of times you don't even recognize how you are coming off or how or why you are this way. And that is why I'm bringing these things out for you guys so that you can understand how this could be affecting your life. Okay. Now, when we think about attachment, I know that a lot of people assume that attachment and connection are one and the same. They are not. Okay. Attachment is is to adhere to join to bind in a way but it's binding of the present is binding of the past it's binding of well attachment isn't something for the present it's basically something that you are attached to or connected to or binded to from the past um it's an experience that you're connected that you that you feel just deeply bound to and it's something that is subconsciously caused you to behave in a certain way. And that is what stems a lot of the attachment types. It's the fear of losing something. It's the fear of abandonment, the fear of, right? Attachment means I'm holding on to something. I am sticking closely to something because I don't want to be without it. And so when you think about attachment, you think about it. And even though it seems like a very alluring thing, it is very, it could be very destructive and it could be a pattern that could cause a lot of heartbreak and a lot of pain because you are binding yourself to something that you shouldn't be bound to. And that's why I tell people all the time. Attachment isn't necessarily a bad thing, but how you attach to something could be. I am I've had to master work towards continual mastery of connection versus attachment, because when you understand the dynamics of attachment and you understand that if something is taken, what you're attaching yourself to is the physicality of it is the the ability to hold on to the ability to not lose something. So when it is ripped away, when it is gone, you feel like its existence, its presence, everything it meant to you goes with it. And that is not how it works. When you are connected to something, connection is the intimate intersector of it. It is the... um, It is the intimate bonding of something you feel very closely connected with or very closely intertwined with. Right. So I can be connected to something, but not attached to it. I am connected to the essence of this particular relationship, but I am not attached to a particular outcome of what I want it to be. I am very deeply connected to my father, my parent, my grandparent, my cousins, my family. Right. I'm connected to the entity. I'm connected to the spirit of them. I'm connected to their presence. I'm connected to it. Being connected means you're present with that emotion. You're present with that um, spiritual connecting element of it. Right. You're connected to it, even when the physicality of it is removed. I will always be connected to my father. My father is physically no longer here, but just because he's physically not present does not mean that the presence of him goes away. And so it's understanding the duality of the significance of being attached versus being connected, but also understanding the difference in those. When you are attached to a person, that turns into obsession, that can turn into, Um, possessiveness that could turn into a very toxic space, very controlling, very domineering. It can turn into massive insecurity because you have this feeling of losing something that you want to hold so close to you, crippling the ability for it to grow and evolve. And so when it comes to connecting to a person in a relationship, when you are connected To a relationship and connected to a person in a relationship and connected to the presence of it. You are not afraid of what shall happen when the physicality of it is not in your presence. A lot of people become obsessive and possessive and controlling of something because they're attached to the physicality of it. I love this so much. I don't want it out of my sight. I love this so much. I only want you with me all the time. I love you so much that I can't see you outside of my eyes reach. So I'm going to hold you as close to close to you as I can. That means I want us to live together. I want us to go everywhere together. I want us to have the same friends. I want us to talk about the same things. I don't want you to experience anything outside of me because I am attached to Everything that you are. And I only want that for me. That's toxic. That is controlling. That is abusive, manipulative. It's not healthy. When you're connected to a, ver- a person or a um uh, a relationship or a spirit of something, then you are able to allow that entity to evolve and grow. And it doesn't matter if it's in your sight or if it's out of your sight, you're still very present with the connection of it. You're still very present with the energy of it. And it doesn't bring out this space of anxiety. Now that doesn't mean that you don't worry. It doesn't mean that you're not concerned. It doesn't mean that you don't care. It just means that you understand that, I'm not connected to the physicality of you. I am connected to the presence of you that so that supersedes your physical. It's a spirit, it's an energy, it's a connection that is intimate, that's deep, that is intricate internally. So it doesn't matter what happens physically. That's the reason why when people are in relationships and they break up from relationships, they go through this really deep transformation and they go through this, deep space of reality where they're forced to have to detach because physically you're no longer together. Physically you're no longer intertwined, but that emotional connection is still there. That is because you cannot touch emotion. You cannot stronghold the emotion. You cannot stronghold what it is you feel when you're connected on a level beyond the physical But that's also how some people are physically connected, physically attached to something. And then other people can move on very quickly because that connection isn't there. That connection wasn't bonded in something that was really beneath the surface. It was superficial. It could have been just the physicality that made you think you had a connection when honestly it wasn't connection. It was chemistry. And chemistry can be very fleeting. So there's very um, significant parts that we must understand when it comes to our relationships and how we engage and how we allow ourselves to flourish, because a lot of times we get in these relationships with people. And we don't even understand how we have really crippled ourselves, how we've held ourselves back, how we've hindered the growth of a relationship because of our own subconscious behaviors and our own subconscious, subconscious ways of existing when we feel like we are loving someone or we like someone. And a lot of times it's self-sabotage because you go into a situation, a lot of people avoid commitment and they avoid being really deeply connected to someone because of the fear of becoming attached. If I am attached to you, it brings out another level. Of me. It makes me feel a certain way because now I feel bound to you. I feel like I can't be without you. I feel like I don't want to be without you. But when you are connected to someone, you understand that even if physically we are not together, I still am connected to you. We still have a connection that can't be broken with your attachment to the physical of a person. This also can show up in ways of your career. You are connected to this identity, right? You are also attached to the illusion of it. You feel like this is what I was born to do. This is what I love to do. I want to be this in the public eye. I want to strive for this type of success. But what you are attached to is the outcome of it. You're attached to what it looks like to other people the attachment is to the illusion of the success you're not really connected to the purpose of it you're not really connected to that energy of it you're not really connected to the depths you're connected to nothing but attached to everything it appears to be and that's why so many people stay in careers stay with companies stay with entities within entities that they are miserable at because they are attached to the status quo They're attached to what that legacy of that looks like being a part of something that you view to be as great, even if internally you do not feel that it's great for you. This shows up in all type of ways when it comes to your health. There are a lot of people who have jumped onto these bandwagons of health and fitness and routine and all of that, but they are attached to the outcome. They're attached to what their body will look like. They're attached to what the public will think about their health routine all the while internally, they are not healthy internally They are very, very, very sad, very miserable. They are going about the results of something in a very unhealthy way, even though they are presenting themselves in a healthy form. This is why it's important to be connected to the mission of it, connected to the purpose of it, not attached to what the outcome of that will be. If I know that managing my health and my wellness will sustain my life, It may not prolong my life because anything can happen in life. But if I know that I feel better when I keep a certain life routine up, if I know that I have a better chance of being healthy, if I keep this routine up i'm not concerned with what that looks like externally attachment is an external factor i'm a i'm not attached to my body looking a certain way or i'm not attached to fitting in this particular outfit so that i look a certain way or so that people will presume me to be a certain way i am only connected with the purpose of it and the purpose of it supersedes the physicality even if i am not 120 40 30 150 pounds i am healthy at the state that I'm in. And so I'm connected to the health aspect of it, not necessarily the illusion of the physical. Okay. So this shows up in a multitude of ways. It shows up in your possessions. It shows up in your livelihood. It shows up in everything. You understand the purpose More so when you are operating out of a space of authenticity and you're really, really flourishing on a grounding level of your life because you understand that it is bigger than what it looks like, what it appears to be or the physical of anything that I feel like I have been drawn to. This is about not being attached to the freedoms of life. A lot of people are attached to. Looking like they're succeeding, looking like they're living their best life, looking like they are really happy all the while internally. They're still on a quest to find that spark. That's why nothing they allow themselves to be a part of is fulfilling. That's why nothing they allow themselves to be connected to is really, really, really um, creating this atmosphere of. Abundance and change because it's not real that connection isn't there and a lot of people join commitments where there is no connection there is only chemistry and the physicality of that dissipates faster than you can say I do or I'm in Or I agree. This shows up in a multitude of ways in what you allow yourself to be entertained by, what you allow yourself to be connected with, what you allow yourself to be conjoined with, what you allow yourself to be entertained by. um, Your idea of family dynamics attached to this happy home, happy life, happy wife, happy life type of life in reality you're not even connected to the experience of it you don't really even want it you never really even thought about it it's just the illusion of it's the idea of it's the anticipation of what people will think about it right so we're going to go over a few uh well the four attachment styles And well, on another episode, we'll do the attachment styles on this particular episode. We're going to speak about the different attachment types, because it is necessary for you to understand how this has played out in your life and what contributes to the behavior that you have when it comes to your relationships, because where we are in life has a lot to do with the subconscious and the conscious actions that we take. But if you don't understand the duality of it, it is so much more than just your love language. Before you even get in a relationship, you should understand how you view attachment and where it stems from. Again, not all attachment is bad. It's the energy in which you are becoming attached. It is the actions you take when you become attached. It's understanding what desi- what needs a connection versus a attachment and understanding why chemistry is very, very necessary when you are, connection and chemistry are very much does need it for a sustainable relationship but chemistry and attachment can create an illusion of that being the latter okay so we're having to understand that and process that and then create a an environment that evolves with what we know to be true for ourselves and being honest with yourself If you have attachment issues, what does that mean to you? If you have abandonment issues, what does that look like to you? And where did it stem from? And how do you address it? Because you can't go back and change the truth of who you are, but you can evolve beyond the space you've neglected. Okay. So we're going to talk about, let's talk about first, what the characteristics of attachment are. Okay. So you have the proximity maintenance, That is the longing to be physically near people that you are attached to. The desire, like I said, to always be within, always have them close, always be up in their space because you do not want to be without that because you feel like you need it close in order for it to stay. The second characteristic of attachment is safe haven, finding safety when you find a space where you feel safe in, you don't want to leave that. You don't want to be without that. That can show up in your home. That could show up in having a certain amount of money in the bank. It can show up in the relationship that you allow yourself to be in. Just not wanting to be without that stability, needing that stability, not because you really feel like you will suffer without it, but because you do not know what it will look like without it. And so you don't want to experience it. And so you keep it close, really tighten it, really close. A safe haven also is being able to return to our, a lot of people, your parents are your safe haven. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it can become a crippling thing when it's time for you to branch out on your own. Um, It's always good to have a support system. It's always good to have people that really are there to support you and to keep you. If you fall or you feel like you're falling short, you just need a little bit of support. That's a beautiful thing. But Having a safe haven should be a place that you can return to. And in a lot of senses, it is I'm returning to a parent for comfort and safety. When I feel like I am threatened or afraid, I run home. When it feels like the world is just too big and I really you don't have the courage to even try to fight it on your own because you have that safety net, that place that always protects you. This is what shows up when you have a person who was extremely sheltered growing up. You didn't understand the world. You didn't understand that or you weren't told that certain people operate in the world, that the world is not always a a great place. You're creating a great place within the world that you frequent, but the world outside of that is a very big, scary place at times. And if you are unaware of that, it can cause a person to grow up and have to leave their nest. And when they leave their nest, it frightens them. It frightens them to the point of having to run back to their safe haven, run back home, They can't live the world. They can't live in the world outside of themselves because it is way too scary and they were not prepared. This is what intensifies anxiety. It intensifies, you know, a lot of sadness and depression and just fear of people, fear of anything. If you've only grown up in a space that only has a certain type of people and you get up and you grow up and you see other type of um, individuals in, in the world, you are dumb written. And depending on how that energy was embedded in you and depending on how those standards and those truths were embedded in you, you become a very interesting and sometimes bigoted person, very judgmental, very critical of things that you've never seen before because your view was limited, not because the world was limited, but because your view was. And that stems back from your parent and your growth and your evolution as a child being shown only one thing. Preparing you for nothing that is reality outside of that. And that is very crippling. That is very detrimental to everything that you think you're going to be when you grow up. And so you get into these relationships with that same type of idea and you get with a partner who is nothing like that. It causes conflict and it reveals more about yourself and it reveals a lot about what you thought you knew was good and your upbringing and your childhood. And it brings up more trauma for you. The third one is a secure base. When you are growing up in a healthy environment as a child, you should have what is considered a village, right? The village is not necessarily two parents. A lot of things happen that contribute to not two parents being in a household or any parents. Some people are raised by their grandparents. I was blessed to have both parents. Um, both sets of great grandparents, both sets of grandparents, host of cousins on both sides, great aunts, great uncles. We had a complete village and the village was not all the same. It was a very different village, but it was a village that helped me to thrive into who I am. But even when I grew up and I got married, I was married into another village, a different type of village, right? A beautiful village, but different from where I was, who I become. And so it added another layer to who I was becoming. Right. And so when you are growing up, your secure base or your parents or your guardians or the people who nurture you are lack of. And so that acts as a base of security. And if you don't have that, it affects a big part of how you see the world and how you view the world and how you embrace the world and what you do within it. Because you either had too much of that secure base or you didn't have it at all. Or for some, it's a beautiful balance. But then you get in the world and you realize the world isn't as balanced as the life you grew up in. And so you live your life trying to share a bit of that balance with people who are not able to receive it because it is just not a norm that they know. And then you have the separation distress. Separation distress is when. You feel like it also shows up as an abandonment issue, right? Like your fear of abandonment. And I myself did deal with this when my father passed away, because right after my father passed away, then my husband went to prison. And then right after that, my godmother died. And then right after that, my dad's mom, my grandmother died. It was just all of these people that I loved and care about were being ripped from me very quickly in a short span of time. But the impact was immense. And so it was having to understand that even though they're physically not here with me, I got to I got to find a way to stay and remain connected to them. And that is when at the age of 21, I began to discover the benefits of not being attached to anything. I almost felt like everything I loved. I can't love because if I love it, then it's going to be ripped away from me. I went through that phase and it became. Obvious that That's just not how I'm built. It's not how I'm made. How I'm made is to continue to feel the depths of a connection, keep it alive as long as I possibly can within, which means I value the small things. I value the sentimentally sentimental um, aspects of it. I still have my father's. Like I go to the store every season and buy my father's cologne that he used to wear because that scent reminds me of him. I keep his keys. I keep the hat he passed in. I, I, you know, keep his pictures around. And same with my grandmother. And the same with my ex husband. He's he and I are still very, 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 very close. Okay, we are intertwined in a way that is undescribable. In a way, but. How do we keep that connection going? It was an emotional bond. Physically, he hasn't been around me in over 15 years, but emotionally and mentally, he's very present as well as verbally, you know? So there's a, there's a space that you have to know how to carve out to remain in a space where you're connected to the things that you value the most. And even though time and years have evolved and grown, and there's been different things happening in life, you still are connected to the aspect of it. But a lot of people, when you go through these moments, some people don't build that stamina of ability to connect. They just choose to shut down forever. I don't want to feel connected to anybody. I don't want to be Attached to anybody. I'm just not going to do that because being away from it or it being snatched away from me changes everything in my life. And it's too hard and it's too painful. And I can't deal with that. It builds a sense of anxiety and a fear of losing something that you value, even though the value of it lies beneath the physicality. But you don't understand that in the moment of grief. And unless you're able to evolve beyond that fear, and actually grow through it, you'll be crippled at that space for the rest of your life. And that is where it also shows up in our relationships, the inability to connect with your partner, the inability to understand that life happens, but you still have to build something that is beneath the surface so that it's long lasting. A lot of people nowadays don't have that in their relationships because what they're attached to is the physicality of it, is the tangible of it. If there is nothing that is strong enough beneath that to hold you together, when it goes awry, because it will, when it goes awry, you're going to lose the very essence that you thought would never go. So a lot of people suffer when it comes to that. Now, when we speak about what are the different types, remember, those are the characteristics, some of the characteristics of attachment. When we're speaking about what the different types of attachment are, we're speaking about four. Four. One is the secure attachment type, okay? The secure attachment type is feeling that, like I said, this feeling of knowing that no matter what happens, we're still connected. We still got this. A secure attachment type is a beautiful mixture between connection and attachment because it is the most solidified version of it. It's understanding that regardless to what happens in the physical, regardless to the arguments, regardless to the disagreements, regardless if you get mad and you storm out, we're still connected. A lot of times it shows up in if you get into an argument with someone, they always assume that that means that we're broken up. A lot of people feel that way in their relationships. If we have too much of an argument, if I don't talk to you for a couple days, if then we're not together anymore. Why do you feel that way? Why do you fear that that's the outcome? Just because we had a bad day, just because we have a disagreement, disagreements come. We're not going to always get along. We're not going to always see eye to eye. We're not going to always want to be in each other's space, but the connection is what keeps you together. It keeps you solid. Beyond the chemical moment of imbalance, we are still together. But people question that it's because they're not really secure in their commitment. They're not really secure in the connection. They are attached and hoping that that is enough to bond them. But when it doesn't, the fear of losing it is very prevalent. And so. When you think about. It's very important to understand that a secure attachment ensures that a person both feels understood and protected, but it's not that it comes from growing up in a perfect childhood or a perfect upbringing. It's not that it is uh, because of a lack of parent or a lack of skills that determine it. It is a natural ability to really grow when you are groomed To communicate non-verbally when you're able to understand that even if I never say you're protected, you feel protected because I've shown you. That is why when people say things like feelings aren't real, what are you talking about? Because feelings are within everything. My ability to feel secure comes from an inner knowing based on what I feel. So in order for me to know that this is a connection that is long lasting, that this is a connection that is going to surpass the physical moment, I have to know internally, which is based on a feeling that it is built on something solid. I feel safe with you even with, without you saying I protect you. I know you love me even though I appreciate and need you and like you to say I love you. It doesn't mean that I feel you don't love me because you don't say it because I feel that you do because you show me that you do. There's a difference. And a lot of people don't understand that. And when they get in in relationships and also this ties into the love languages, but we'll get into another episode with that. But this just shows you how people are so disconnected from the truth of what it is that they claim they think they want. You have to know thyself. You have to know where this is fueling from. You have to know where this is coming from. You have to know where this type of need comes from for you to understand how it shows up. Now, when you are growing up, there are some things in life, even when you're not growing up, but in your adolescence, as you are evolving as an individual, there are some things that can taint or challenge you when it comes to the development of a secure type of attachment style, attachment type, right? And that is if you grew up in an environment or Let's say you didn't grow up in an environment, but in some way in your life, you became mistreated or you were abused or you only got attention when you acted out or you did something bad. That's when you got, you know, attention. You got people paying attention to what you're doing or concerned about what you need and what you want is when you were showing up in a way that is not quite fitting in your normal type of behavior. Um, If you grew up in a space or if you after you've grown up, you've got in an environment that only um, you only got your needs met infrequently or it was very inconsistent when people showed you they cared or when people were concerned about your well-being or your life. Right. This this is the inconsistent. It's not really secure. It's very unstable. And so you become accustomed to that. And then being separated, removed from your home. If you grew up in an environment where it was not a very healthy environment and you were ripped from your home, no matter sometimes, no matter how unhealthy an environment appears, it's still your home. It's still your family. And being ripped away from that changes and challenges everything that you are and everything that you become because you do not know anything other than that. And so that can cause a, a, a secure bond or a secure attachment style to not be development, be developed, or it can change the dynamic in which it originally was there. And then it changed. And these ways you grow, you evolve and then it shows up in your life. It shows up in your routine. It shows up in your relationships with everything. So that's the secure. um, That's a secure attachment type, but when you grow up, also in a form, let's say you grew up in a very secure, um, attached, securely type of environment, right? You prefer to be with your parents over strangers, you family over strangers. You you feel very comfortable in your own space or with those that you know and trust to love you. You can separate with your parents or your loved ones or your partner, you can go do your own thing and not feel like a part of you is, is just, oh, my God, everything's going to end or I'm upset because this person wants to have a life outside of me. When you grow up in an environment that solidifies the security in you and knowing that my, your stability, your peace, your love, your joy is still there, even when the physicality of it is different, it makes you show up differently in your relationship. It allows you to embody Freedom in a different way, and a lot of people suffer with that or they they're challenged with that, right? You continue to have this healthy relationship with your guardians with your parents, even um, after turmoil, you are able to after an argument like I said, still have this desire and need to love and be a part of the relationship without feeling like one bad day ruins it all. It is being happy when you are reconnected opposed to being angry that you separated or were away from them in the first place. Okay. Um, let me see. And also secure individuals can, you know how to support people without smothering people. That's a very important trait because when you are able to be supportive in a way with not feeling like you're having to do this to feel loved it shows up differently it shows up more genuinely it shows up more supportive and more um stable right not I'm doing this so that you can like me I'm doing this so you can care for me I'm doing this so you can be a person who um Values me it's just natural for you and it's more genuine and it's more fulfilling that way another one is anxious the second one is anxious now the anxious attachment type is because most of the people who are under this type of space are someone who did not have a very secure foundation growing up or some part in their life they became very insecure in their foundation and even though only about 15 to 20 percent of people have this type of attachment it makes up a big big deal when it comes to relationships and counseling and therapy sessions when it comes to people trying to recover from certain aspects of a relationship because These people have a very difficult time. If you have a very uh, insecure type of attachment style, you have a very difficult time maintaining healthy relationships. Just like with a secure attachment style, it starts from the foundation. And that's the same thing that happens with an insecure um, attachment style, because people with this type of attachment likely have parents or an upbringing that was very unstable they were always busy Um, their needs were never met. They were never really poured into in a loving way or a nurturing way. Their home life was very chaotic. These type of things create a very anxious type of energy. You're not used to stability. And a lot of people get in relationships and if you're not used to stability and you're not used to a solid foundation, then it shows up in you sabotaging the foundation that you're creating that is stable because it is not your norm. You're not accustomed to that. It doesn't feel quite right for you, even though you desire that. And so, even though internally you weren't abandoned, right? Your parents didn't just leave you, they were just working or they were preoccupied with trying to build a legacy or they were too busy chasing a dream. It's not that they didn't love you in their mind, they were doing it for you, But you didn't feel the security in that. And because you felt neglected, because you felt abandoned, you have developed this anxious type of attachment. Meaning if I get something that I really, really want, I want to keep it close and I freak out when I feel like I'm losing it or I panic when things become too comfortable because I just feel like it's just at any moment going to be ripped away. This type of inconsistency creates that emotional storm internally that affects you as a youth, an adult, in a relationship and in anything in life. And so. Just like with secure attachments, the people that have this naturally secure attachment type, they naturally crave a certain type of love and intimacy, right? Naturally, even if you are an anxious attachment type, you do too. But unfortunately, you feel very doubtful about your ability to sustain it. You feel very doubtful about your ability to connect with it and remain connected to it. And so therefore, it adds to this fuel of unworthiness. It adds to this inability to sustain something that you really, really, really want Even if you know you deserve it or you think you deserve it, you just don't feel like you do. So you self-sabotage as well. It's like, if you've heard the, the phrase stage five clinger, this is the anxious attachment preoccupied type, right? They often are loving, fun, good people, but they're clingy, needy, very jealous, They have a tendency to nag and drive people away because of this behavior and they're not intending to, but it's just a part of who they person, who their personality has evolved to. Right. And if you fit this, this is some of the signs you constantly crave reassurance and constant validation from your partner. This is not. Saying that because you want your partner to give you words of affirmation, do not mix love languages with the attachment type. They're not one in the same similar, but not one in the same. This is a neediness. This is a I only feel valued or worthy if you say this to me. This is not a person who is naturally operating out of a confidence, but appreciates their partner giving them validation in the form of love. Verbally. That's not what this is. This is craving that reassurance, not feeling like you're deserving of life. If you don't have it feeling very sad or depressed or anxiety driven when it is not present. This is different. This is a person who constantly needs touch, interaction, attention. You're always seeking validation external to yourself. Again, this is not to be confused with love languages. It is not the same. This is a desperate need for Physical validation. This is oftentimes shows up in a person being completely promiscuous in their life because they're always craving that fire, that desire to be wanted, that uh, we see it on social media all day long and it is classified in a lot of senses of liberation, but it's not. It's very unhealthy in many senses because you're doing it for the validation, the attention, because internally you feel like. Unless I do this, I don't get attention. People don't look at me. People don't want me. It's doing the most for people to say, I see you, even though they really don't see you. They see the physicality and the surface of you. This person, if you are one of these people or you're wondering if you're one of these people, um, you feel this desire to always panic or have anxiety when you haven't heard from your partner, or you haven't um, heard from something. People do this often with jobs. Also, they apply to a job or they're trying to move from jobs and they just panic. They panic because the per- people didn't respond fast enough or someone didn't return your message fast enough or you haven't heard anything back fast enough. It's this insecure attachment to an outcome that isn't even real yet. That is one of these things it's blaming, um, using blame, using guilt or other forms of manipulation to keep people close to you. Very manipulative behavior because you're acting out of the insecurity, because you're acting out of the fear, because you're acting out of not being worthy enough. And that fear of someone not accepting you, there is this anxiousness that balls over and creates this manipulative type of aura and it is very dangerous. This is where you have a lot of dangerous, toxic things come from this. And then, of course, overreacting when you perceive a threat to the relationship. So if there is a person who you feel your partner is too friendly with or you feel like people are loving and they're too outgoing, they're too um people gravitate to them too much, it can cause an unnatural a destructive overreaction because of your inner jealousy or your inner insecurities being fueled because you're feeling like physically someone else is more enticing and they're going to leave you. And that's going to leave you abandoned. It's hard for a lot of people to admit this is their style of attachment. It is very difficult. And even though it's easy to be a mixture of them all, it's very important for you to do the inventory on what you really are and to really, really, really research and figure out where you are before you get into a relationship or even if you're in one so that you can understand the issues that are caused by this behavior and work on it. It's not that it's unfixable. Unfix- it's not that it's un um, something you can't do to make it better. It's just that a lot of times it really, really, really can destroy something that has the potential to be really good, okay? Um, Attachment types are fluid. And so we all know that you can change anything with work and desiring to change it. So just focus on that if this is something you connect to or something your partner connects to. Work can be done, but sometimes, again, you have to allow yourself to be separate so that you can do the work on yourself and also get the assistance you need to navigate through these things because it's not easy, okay? Another uh, attachment type would be dismissive avoidant attachment type. Now, if you're looking for the opposite of the anxious preoccupied attachment type, this is it. This is it, baby, because they're similar. Both are very insecure, but how they relate could be totally different. Okay. Because if you're with someone who is an anxious attachment type, they're appearing to be super clingy, super, super, super involved in everything you do. The dismissive avoidant one is one that does not they're very aloof, very distant, very unconcerned. Okay. Um, and interestingly, many of the anxious attachment type of people get in relationships with people who are the avoidant dismissive type of partners. And that's so interesting to me because it shows just how opposite of a spectrum people go to feel a sense of validation. It's almost like the the uh, anxious attachment type gravitate to people they feel like they can fix or people they can um change or mold and it does more harm to your confidence and your healing and your recovery of self because it's only a an abusive cycle unless both of you are choosing to do the work on yourself now With demissive avoidant partners, okay? So let's say we have an anxious attachment type. The more the needy the partner is, the more you are, the more you're pushing for love, for intimacy, for approval, the further the the dismissive partner goes. So the more you try to push yourself close, the further that person pushes you away. Now, if you are a person who is the non-avoidant type, um they may end the relationship or put threats to end the relationship okay the dismissive partner would say i don't care go ahead you want out bye now you would think that that would make what the what what the at- anxious attachment person is thinking is okay if i tell them i'm going to leave them then they're going to change and fight harder but instead the partner says, no, go do whatever you want to do because they don't care. Even if internally they do, they're not going to show you they care because they're not attached to whatever they're they're expecting you to go anyway. Right. And so this type of dismissive response is a trigger for people in a relationship, because if I'm trying to build something with you and I'm trying to evolve from a space space, that is healthy with you if you are in a space that isn't really connected to the foundation building then I'll feel strong along I'll feel very dismissed and unappreciated and undervalued and because the dismissive avoidant partner has the ability to shut themselves down completely and live their life internally without the exterior need of a partner. It comes off as they just don't care, but it's actually the opposite. They actually care very, very deeply. They actually care a lot. Um, And I'm sure that by listening to this, you guys are thinking about people in your life that you know like this, or even if it's you and you're realizing that that's how you come off. A lot of people say that about Aquarians, right? That they are so detached and so aloof. And it always makes me realize that from being in a relationship, you know, with an Aquarius is that, no, they feel very deeply. But in order to really pour into and heal, they have to heal and grow and get to this space where... And and let me say this. Aquarians are not all the dismissive avoidant types. I'm not saying that at all. That is not. That is just an example of how people view air signs. They view them as detached emotionally, but that's not the case. Um, how they process emotions is different. This right here is one of these things that could be very abusive because it it feels like someone who cares but can't express it and doesn't trust you enough to express it and if that is the case this person shouldn't be in a relationship with anyone other than themselves until they evolve and grow but a lot of times it doesn't people just get in relationships because they want to be in a relationship but I'm just saying um the pattern of this is the avoidance of an intimate relationship based on the events that you grew up around how you've seen these things play out um not feeling very secure in your upbringing, not feeling very secure in your childhood, always having instability. Um, maybe your parents or your, your guardians or the people in your life have been there growing up, but for whatever reason, they were not tending to the emotional needs of someone. So when you have these type of emotional needs and they are unfulfilled, you learn to shut off from them. You learn to disconnect from them. You learn that they are not, of importance. And so you do not share them. You don't express them. You disconnect from them altogether, even though internally they're there. This is unhealthy. I'm sure, you know, um, And it's very sad that so many people grow up in these type of environments, but even if they grew up in different environments, they evolve and they experience situations and circumstances that cause this type of environment to be birthed within them, even if that's not who they were from childhood. And so that's why it's so important to understand that attachment styles can change and they do change depending on the environments in which you are in. And, how you are treated and how you are feeling when it comes to your emotions and your, um, mental security. Okay. Um, how does it show up in your life? Well, It could show up being uncomfortable with deep feelings and intimate situations. You don't want anyone too close. You don't really want anybody to feel like you, you know, they see the parts of you that you're hiding from or you hiding from other people. You are very extreme in your boundaries, you know, either emotional or physical. You don't want people too close. So anytime they become too close, you push them away. You make sure they're clear, clear um, standards of don't come near me. You can't access these parts of me. That is just a part of who you are and who who you've become in ways to protect yourself. You send mixed signals. Um, when it comes to your partner's feelings, very dismissive, you know, very unattached, very disconnected, disconnected, and very not, A person like this can be very non-committal, very promiscuous, um, always with someone new because they don't like anything that is a pattern. They don't like consistency when it comes to anything that could develop any emotions, any type of routine when it comes to that, any type of um, any type of uh, consistent committal type of energy. uh Uh-uh. You know, very dismiss dismissive in that way. And always thinking about past, the past relationship, the past people, the past experiences, just always thinking about everything other than the current circumstance and situation they're in. So even though deep down that these even though, even though deep down these people, desire a certain amount of commitment and connection and intimacy deep down, they avoid them because of the internal issues that have been stirred up and birthed um, when they'd allowed those parts of themselves to be revealed before. So I also want to say in regards to that, though, it is also important to note that, again, this is something that can be resolved. It can be helped. It can be healed. It can be um, it can be helped to navigate through with professional help with someone who is willing to go to a professional, get therapy, get assistance in navigating those inner emotions, really, really digging deep into how and why they feel the way that they do and what has caused these type of barriers and boundaries and walls to be built in their life. This is something that they can do. It is a very daunting task. It is something that they may feel is just unreasonable to request, but it is something that they're going in order for a person to evolve beyond this space that they are in, in this state, they're going to have to be willing to guide, be guided through that process in changing the attachment style um, so that it betters the commitment and the relationships that they're in. It, it's, you know, this can also come off as very narcissistic. And I always tell people, narcissism is a word that is thrown around way, 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 way to, there's only a very small amount of people who are diagnosed with being a narcissist. And there's a specific type of narcissism narcissism, that is an issue, right? Because we all possess a part of narcissistic traits. That's just a part of human design. But the part that is the toxic, the part that is the uh, dangerous and the manipulative, this would be this type of energy. Okay. And so um, it's important to be careful when you throw around, but this particular energy is very narcissistic. And so if you are in a connection or a relationship with someone who is like this, it's important to understand that this isn't something that you yourself can fix. And if this is you, you have to understand that that this is necessarily, um, this is not something that, means the end and be all for you, but it is something that you absolutely have to get assistance with. You have to get help with this if you're wanting to evolve beyond this, because this right here is detrimental to the growth of anything you connect yourself to. It is very toxic. It is very dangerous, and it is something that is very heavy, and it is not all because of you. A lot of it is because of the experiences, but unless you navigate through those things, Everything that happens is because of you. Okay, so it is important for you to identify this if it's you and it's important for you to identify if this is someone you're dealing with to understand the next route. This is something that you can change as an individual. This is something that needs and requires professional assistance and help and the willingness to go through that process. And it is not super easy, but it is something that you have to believe is necessary for you to evolve beyond this space in your life, okay? Now, the last, the last attachment type that we're gonna speak about is the disorganized attachment type. Now, this this is interesting because the final type of insecure attachment is one not based solely on neglect or preoccupation, but it is intense fear. This one is stemming from fear. Parents of children with disorganized attachment type are usually dealing with trauma themselves, right? They're, they're dealing with unhealed wounds. We call those generational curses nowadays. We call those, you know, we're breaking ancest- ancestral patterns. No, you're, you're breaking patterns within yourself. Okay. And a lot of times it's your parents, As well, but it is mostly up to you to break this type of cycle within yourself. But you first have to identify what that is now. When we speak about dealing with the trauma and unresolved trauma, pain, loss, a lot of times. When you are a parent who is dealing with these things, it is very, very difficult for you to attach to your child securely. What do you mean, Brandy? Okay, so let's talk about it, okay? I'm going to talk about it. And this affects a lot of women. It affects a lot of women and men, but it really affects women, let's say, after they give birth. I had uh, a supervisor years ago when I started working at the age of, I was 20. And I started with this company. And. She'd had a friend who was pregnant, had three children. Okay, but each pregnancy caused a sense of postpartum that made it impossible for her to connect to her child. It would take months. And so my friend, my supervisor, who was a friend of mine, became a good friend of mine, would be the stand-in parent in a way, right? She was the nurturer. She had no children of her own, but she was the nurturer. She was the, um, the, the person who nurtured the baby's needs for the first three months of the baby's life. And a lot of times it shows up in forms of PTSD. It also shows up as postpartum, but it also shows up when, Parents have been abused or in abusive relationships or they have been abusers and they fear that they'll do that to their child. OK, or because they have this innate instinct that they will. They can't attach to their children or the people that they love. Let's say it's not a child. It's, it's a it's a relationship, right? They can't attach To it, because if they attach to it, then they won't be able to abuse it. They won't be able to be who they have become as a response to the trauma and the pain that they have yet to heal from. Um, And in studying studying behavior. Cognizance, right. I've I've been a study. You're a I went to school for psychology and sociology and all these things. So it is when you learn and you understand that a lot of times abusers are not emotionally connected to who they abuse. Because if they emotionally connect to it. They can't abuse that thing. And a lot of times people look at relationships and they're like, well, if you love someone, you wouldn't hurt them. If you love them, you know, when people used to get whoopings back in the day, I whoop you because I love you. That's a total different thing. This is a when a person is abusive to someone or something that is vulnerable to them. To be able to do that takes a sense of disconnection emotionally, because anything that you truly care about, even if you say you do anything that you truly, truly care about. You cannot see yourself hurting unless that part of you is so numb from the reality of it that it doesn't exist. Okay, so when you grow up in a space where there are there's constant trauma, you're trying to deal with the abuse, you're trying to deal with the all of the things that have been happening. And then let's say you birth a child because you feel like you've already experienced all these things. You feel like you, you are, it is impossible for you to escape that. This is a truth that you have to deal with. and you disconnect from the emotional aspect of the thing or the person or, or the environment you're supposed to care about. And 80% of abused children have this type of attachment. It's very disorganized, scattered, you know, um, Because either growing up or again, after a lot of times our foundation is not the issue. It's what happens interveniently between when we have grown up into our adulthood. Okay, But if you grew up in this type of environment and most times it's because the primary caregiver's behavior is so erratic, it was so driven by fear it's the this happens when you're dealing with a parent or parents or family environments that deal with mental disorders um some misdiagnosed some not diagnosed some diagnosed and just not treated whatever the case may be these are disorders mentally that have caused erratic behavior erratic and abusive behavior and you have children you have people in your life um And you never learn to self-soothe. Or if you learn to self-soothe, the only way of escaping it is. Medication, self-medicating or doing things that help you to escape from the reality, but it never really soothes the pain or the fear that has been birthed inside of you. And so there's this constant. Scatteredness, right? There's this past that is full of pain, full of loss, um, and in a way to protect yourself, some people become extremely, um, susceptible to more of that type of trauma or others become extremely aggressive in a way to protect themselves in case it happens again, like a defense mechanism. So these people, you may see the world as extremely unsafe. You don't trust anyone or anything. You don't like to be in one space at one time. Don't like to really be around anyone that causes you to feel bound or held in or um, restricted in any type of way. Um, not very social. You know, you may be social. Every now and then, but you're not really invested in socializing in the public or with a lot of different strange People or anything. Um, When it comes to relationships, this person or these people can come off as very hot and cold, very in and out. Antisocial. You do things and you don't have a lot of remorse for what you do. It's almost like the world deserves it. The world deserves to pay for it. And you see a lot of this with the people who go and shoot up the schools. You see this with people who go and murder people just because they want to murder people. And they're just very, very dark souls. You know, I'm just going to say that. They're just dark, tormented souls. Okay. Um, tend to be very selfish, controlling, lack personal responsibility for anything they do. They recreate abusive patterns from their childhood and their adult relationships in a way to pay back who did what to them as they were a child or if they were in a previous relationship and this happened to them, they do it to someone else as a way to pay back what happened to them, even though they're not paying back what happened to them, they're causing more trauma on someone who is undeserving of it. It's a very toxic, very, very dark, abusive person. This this type of attachment is dangerous. It's toxic. It's abusive. It's criminal. It's just not healthy. Now, I'm not saying that there is no help for a person like this because I am a person who understands there is always a form of assistance. However... I am not telling you to ever stay with someone who is like this. No, no. I I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. If you're in a relationship with a person that's like this, get out. Okay. Because the trauma that it can cause you just being involved in that type of situation is more detrimental to your health, your safety and your sanity than getting them help. The help has to come from them. It has to be a desire and a need and a want and you can help someone but from afar. You do not need to be in an environment where this type of energy is prevalent because it is dangerous, okay? Um, If this is you, please get help. Like, you don't need to worry about a relationship. Please don't be concerned with someone liking, caring, loving or contributing to any type of foundation building with you. The only thing you should be doing is focusing on the betterment of your health, mental health, emotional health and your inner stability. Because this type of personality is very, 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 very dark and dangerous. And it frightens me for you. And I believe that if you. A lot of this was stemmed from a childhood. Then it is important for you to understand that you didn't deserve that and that it wasn't it wasn't your fault. You didn't deserve that. But what you do to people because of this type of environment that was embedded in you is your fault is at your hands. It is on you. And you have to know that you have to stop. You have to do what's best for you so that you're able to really flourish in life. It is not about a relationship with you. It is about a relationship with yourself because you don't need a partner, not at this stage. Not at this stage. There are many, many, many helpful programs for people who are dealing with these type of things, but you have to first be willing to do the work and it's internal. Okay. Everyone's, you know, you do deserve love, but the most important love you can ever deserve is a self love first. Okay. Um, When it comes to the different type of attachment types, they show up in your life differently. They show up in your life, in relationships, in your relationship with money, how you spend, how you invest, how you treat others, how you engage, how you allow yourself to evolve, how you um, solidify a lot of things in your life. Okay, if you understand that, then you can understand how in the midst of right now especially in cancer season or in any season how important it is to go within so that you can really build when you speak about building a solid foundation we are speaking about the solidification of an internal foundation not just the surface the surface isn't even considered when you're building a nuclear family when you're building a nuclear relationship when you're really trying to invest in the betterment of everyone and everything that is connected, it is deep. It is within. It is something that matters the most when it comes to the evolution of who you are. Okay, but you first have to identify what it is you're bringing, who it is you're becoming, what it is you're building with, who it is you're building with. These particular attachment um, Types of attachment will help you in understanding the partners that you're with. This is beyond the love language. You don't even need to consider a love language until you know the attachment style of a person, until you understand the personality traits of a person, until you understand the dynamic and the essence in which they were groomed. Before I can consider if I even want your type of love, I need to know who you are. And a lot of times you get in relationships and that is not something that people take in consideration, nor is it something that people even are prepared to get the truth about because they're so infatuated with the physicality. So when you're speaking about attachment and we're speaking about connection, we have to identify what it is we are connecting to. Because trauma bonding is real. Connecting to someone because your pain aligns is real. Having a um, a fixer type of mentality is real choosing to invest in people because you feel like you can just change the dynamics and who they are is real. So it's important that you identify what parts of you are really needing to really be solidified before you join into a partnership so that you can get a clear indication of who you are, where you are, what you desire, what you want, what you need and what you bring to any type of foundation you're trying to even begin to build. It's important. And it's necessary. Okay, and if you are not in a space where you can really invest in the betterment of yourself in that way and understand the foundation building that you're doing, then everything else you're doing is casual. Just just be casually out here just dating or doing whatever, because you're not ready to build. You're not ready to build. This is why I speak a lot about who you are individually. Understanding what type of attachment you have, you know, based on your upbringing, based on your past, based on your life. Are you secure? Are you an anxious, amb- amb- um, ambivalent, preoccupied type? You know, are you the anxious, avoidant, dismissive type? Are you the disorganized type, which is dangerous? It's about understanding who you are so you know what you bring and you know what you need to work on. Before you partner with somebody else. OK. So these are the four um, types of attachment and hopefully it assists you in navigating and understanding the part you play in your own self when it comes to relationships and it comes to relationship building and it comes to relationship, understanding the relationships. Okay. This has been a very long episode. Longest I have recorded, I think in the three years that I've been doing this, but I, um, I know it's necessary. So I hope that it assists you. I hope that it provides you a bit of clarity and understanding. And I hope that whichever attachment issue or attachment type you fall under, even if it's a mixture of it's identifying which mixtures you are so that you know how you evolve from there and what you're contributing to the foundation that you're building. Okay. I love you guys. I love you guys. I love you guys. Thank you for all your support. Until our next daily dose of energy, bye.